Let's jump into the Star Wars right away, right? Master Yoda said, you must unlearn what you have learned. But did he really know what he was talking about? We're going to dive into the whole topic of unlearning today with our very special friend and very special guest, Claire Norman, on today's episode of The Learning Geeks, which starts right now. Hello. Welcome hey, back. guys. Hello, Welcome everybody. back, everybody. Welcome, Hi, Claire. Claire. Hello. It's so nice to be with my friends. I know. <laughs> so we're so to glad to you. have you here. And welcome to, this is season four, episode one. Right, Jake? Yes, you are right. It is. It's season four. <laughs> we're, I, I don't know. One. Yeah, I don't know when this is going to be posted, but we've just come off of our summer holiday. So but before we dive into unlearning and catch up with Claire, uh, what did you guys do on summer vacation? Anything fun? I got a t-shirt. Isn't that the joke? <laughs> that's, that's a great summer vacation. <laughs> yeah. My parents went on a vacation and all I got was this t-shirt. Well, since, <laughs> since our viewers can't see your t-shirt, Dana, you might as well read it to us. It oh, says, yeah. So Jake can't see it either. It says, I keep all my dad jokes in a database. Oh, yes. That is yeah, perfect that for you. Actually, a Father's that's Day present good. from Kristen and Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we did just, I mean, yep. what we did is we actually moved into a, a new house. It's taken all summer to unbox things. And so we're getting settled in and finding the, we bought electronic bikes, which has been awesome and all sorts of fun things. So, so now we're looking forward to the fall to be able to enjoy not living out of boxes. Nice. That's good. Jake, what yeah. about you? You're not at home right now, right? No, right now I'm actually in Sonoma, California. Um, we came here last night and everyone right now is still sleeping. So at this time of recording, um, so, but no, um, summer was good. We, uh, we finally made, we made a family trip out to North Carolina and right now at home, we are experiencing a pretty major renovation going on in our bathroom in our uh, bedroom. So pretty much our whole upstairs and so that's been going on for a couple of weeks, but it's going to be really good. And now having the kids back to school and creating some routine back in my life has been very needed. That's nice. So the, so the kids are going to have to unlearn certain parts of the house. There you go. Perfect. Or segue. they will walk into walls or something. <laughs> that is a perfect segue because <clears throat> I didn't do anything interesting this uh, summer. I just hung out. Um, and worked Claire, a lot. <clears throat> I did. I worked a lot. Worked a lot. Um, Claire, welcome. We're so glad you're here again. Thank you. Yeah. So Claire, introduce yourself. I mean, I, well, I'll introduce you a little bit. Claire is, is one of our former, co well, we're all still colleagues, but uh, the four of us all used to work together at the same company. Uh, Claire and I worked very closely together in the last several years of uh, that time. And she's one of my best friends in the whole world. So I'm so happy that you're here. Aww. I think that's the third time I've said that. But tell us what you're up to now, Claire, and then we'll dive into the whole unlearning thing. Well, uh, for the past seven years, I have been running a business as an ex uh, a transition and leadership coach. And I also work with coaches to get them ready for their International Coaching Federation credential. And um, it's in that part of my world that I've been thinking about this whole thing about unlearning. Because what I see when I'm observing coaches coaching is that there is a ton of stuff that they need to unlearn from previous lives. Uh, for example, 
things that their mum told them not to do, mm. which is actually okay to do in coaching, but they're still holding on to their mother's voice in their head saying, it's rude to interrupt. So this is how I got started thinking about, well, how do I help these coaches to shed that stuff and leave it behind and unlearn it in order that they could uh, replace it with something different? It's so interesting. So like, how does that differ or does it differ from just changing habits? Or is it kind of the same concept? Well, yeah, it is the same uh, concept. And I think there's something wrapped into all of this um, in terms of mindset, that the mindset shift needs to happen before the behavior change can happen. And if you if you're not even sure what your mindset is, because this stuff is so deeply embedded in who you are and what you believe and how you act, then you don't even know you need to make changes right. in those habits. And then, and so I started to research unlearning. And because I heard this term unlearning, and you and I, Bob, had come up mm -hmm. with it as the name for my potential book, Unlearning <laughs> to Coach, it was a great snazzy title. And then I started researching. You'd buy that, right? Jake, Dana, you'd buy a book called Unlearning to Coach. I yeah. would buy it. And yeah. again, I think of Yoda every time I hear unlearn. So yeah, I'd buy it. <laughs> I'd, I'd want to sign copy, but I'd buy it. Yeah. I'll hold you to that. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, but then I started exploring or researching unlearning and uh, found out that unlearning is a misnomer. It is ah. not something that we can do. Uh, we can change our habits, as you said, Bob, or we can... Um, we can add to what we already know, we can adapt, but we don't ever unlearn the old stuff. We build on the old stuff. And so there's something really important, and I'm pretty sure this is in your- Durable learning principles. Durable learning principles, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you say, I think, something to do with uh, context and um, mm -hmm. and helping relevance. people and relevance right. and helping people to build on what they already know. And so there's something about enabling people to know what they already know and then building on that as opposed to trying to change change that specifically. So um, it reminds me of something I read years and years and years ago about um, imagine your brain is a filing cabinet you pull out one of the drawers, you look in one of the files and you insert your new learning into one of those old files because actually your brain can assimilate that much better than if you tried to add something completely new and unfamiliar into that filing cabinet. So it's it's much more about adding to what you already know rather than yeah, and building unlearning. on your existing knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a question, and, and this maybe is for everybody. Uh, but so, if if unlearning is not really a thing, can't really do it. Why is it so popular? Because you you read it in articles and literature, and people talk about it. So why why is it so popular? I mean, I'll take <clears throat> I'll take a stab on that one. I I think today more than ever, and maybe this has been something we've been saying for years now, but change is is constant. And, and one thing that we often struggle with are those that do not want to adapt. 
And so what we think about was how do we help those individuals that don't want to adapt to adapt? And so we, we often think of this, how do we help them unlearn what they, they have learned? Because more often than not, they either have a behavior or some type of habit that they've been doing for years and they're resisting the change. So it, it, it tends to be this um, force field that we're trying to break through. And I think that has become a, just like many other things in learning, we, we wrap around wrap ourselves around one term. Yeah. But I think that that could, at least from my, my side and from what I've seen multiple times, that's one area that I would call out. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's really what we desire is for people to stop doing what they're doing and do something new or do something different. Uh, as we've been talking recently about learning for learning's sake is, is uh, just kind of an art or, or on one side, you could say it's an art. On one side, you could say it's foolish. It's not business relevant, like learning for learning's <laughs> sake, that it's all about performance, right? Like the reason we have jobs is to help the people who we serve to perform better. And uh, learning is the tool that we use to get them there. Uh, but we're, we're not really that beholden to whether, you know, whether they learn and how much they learn and all that kind of stuff as long as they perform. So really – we as learning people are focused on performance. And then I think, you know, the, the misnomer kind of comes from there. So I do think that there is that aspect to it, but then <clears throat> there is also that aspect of like, I just know the older I get, it feels like my brain is filled with useless, often useless knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and there's not enough room for new stuff. Right. And, and so I've got this mental model, which is probably completely wrong, right? That there's only so much room in this noggin yeah. that can hold knowledge. And if it's filled with star Wars trivia, it will not <laughs> let me learn the things that I need to learn in order to uh, behave and perform the way I want to perform. Yeah, right. And that is, that is uh, that's a false knowledge. That's false understanding. It is. It is. There's room for and, everything. And, uh, There's no end right. to the pie. Right. 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 And when, as we've been doing research on all of this, that's exactly right. That the, 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 the brain science researchers have, have said to us that there is no limit to the capacity of what we can learn. That, that the, our brain just keeps, can keep growing and making new connections. And they've just not found the outer limit. And I think there's something about how motivated are we to want to learn that. So one of the mm. things that I notice with coaches in making this shift is they are they are motivated because they want to be the best coach they can be for the people that they're working with. They that doesn't mean they don't find this change hard. So, for example, I was talking to a coach this morning um, in coach supervision who um said she really really wants to figure out how to come into the coaching room in a state of not knowing uh because you know our whole thing as coaches is to not know the answers because there are multiple different ways that a person could tackle something and she knows that she really really wants to be able to do that but actually it's hard it it is hard to unlearn that stuff that has been so well should we say indoctrinated in her from right back to school all the way through work she's been rewarded for knowing and so 
it's not going to be something that she can just kind of pluck out of her and then replace with something different. There's a lot of unknowns in this discovery journey for her about figuring out how to not know. So, so for Claire, for that example, how would you go about it? Like, how do you take someone like that that has been so ingrained to probably come up with a solution right away to not do that first? Like, what, yeah. would, what would be some, some ideas? Well, one of the things that she talked about was um, Brené Brown talks about rewriting your story. Um, Brené calls it your first draft. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but as, as this coach said, this is more than a first draft. This is the book That's that she book, has yeah. written. And, and therefore, it is going to be much, much trickier for her to unlearn that or replace it with something yeah. else or contextualize it. But she knows that she wants to do it. And so there's something, there's something in there about reframing. There's something about beliefs. There's something about uh, scripts from uh, transactional analysis world. You know, how do you rewrite your script from childhood? So those would be the things to, to play around with to shift your behaviors. And it is adapting and shifting, not yeah. unlearning. Well, one thing I was thinking about, and I think you know, both the research that you did, Claire, and the research that our team did, Dana, you can't unlearn something, but you can learn new things. And with practice and repetition, you can strengthen and speed up the recall that you have of those things. And when that happens, or, or conversely, if you're not practicing recalling other things, it takes longer to recall those. So you can kind of effectively have a, a very similar notion or it feels the same as unlearning something because you're, you are practicing learning things that now you can bring to your to the top of your mind with the snap of your fingers, uh, but other things that takes you a little bit longer to recall recede when, with disuse. The way I like to uh, talk about it is, it, 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 and this is simplistic, but if you think of it as storage memory and retrieval memory, Mm-hmm. Right. The things that we really know very well are in storage memory. And the problem is not that they're not there. The problem is our ability to re- retrieve them. And as we retrieve less often, um, that's where the forgetting process takes place. Or, you know, maybe that's what we term unlearning. But I think it's, it's again, simplistic, but it's easy to think of it as storage memory and retrieval memory. And it's not the storage memory that uh, wears out with misuse, with disuse, it's the retrieval memory. And I noticed that the that that thing you said, Bob, about practice, practice does make perfect. And mm-hmm. so if you try something out, if you have the guts to try something new out and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again, that will be replacing the old way of doing it. So if I take myself, for example, and I think back to my mother telling me it's rude to interrupt but then actually when I started to interrupt in coaching in service of my coachee so that they got to new thinking rather than telling me the the old story that they already knew then you realized interrupting was really good right yeah yes (laughs) well done for interrupting (laughs) so so yeah and I built that muscle and and the more I built that muscle the less scared of doing it I was and the more courageous I got to 
be able to do it more and more and more. So that's one example from my own history of, of coaching. And but... the less your mom's voice was dominant. Exactly. I just say, shut up, mum. <laughs> it's not useful in this context. It's I know it's still useful in life, but it's not useful in coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I'm thinking is there's something about bravery, bravery to try something new and then try it again and then try it again. I think that that part is uh, very key about having a mindset to try new things. And as part of my team, whenever we do any type of uh, project or research project, the first thing we talk about is challenge your own assumptions Hmm. every single time. You may come in here thinking you know something, but let's try to prove it either right or wrong every single time and and have an open mind to do that. Because if you don't have an open mind, you're going to be completely fixated on that one thing and whether or not you think that's the solution or whether or not you think that that's the answer. And so having that mindset, it isn't necessarily easy. And sometimes I even personally fight with it myself, but I have to do it. And I think that it's a, sometimes can be very, very scary if you don't practice that. Um, but again, the more and more you build that, that, that muscle, it's, it's easier to, to go in and say, okay, I was wrong. I, I was wrong. I, I need to change and I need to learn the, the new thing there, the new way. And, and, and that's what I find over time is much easier to do. And I think that's actually what Yoda was talking about in that context. <laughs> yeah, he's not really saying unlearn. You got to, yeah. <laughs> he's saying behave differently, right? And, and think about things differently and challenge your assumptions. Yeah, stop being whiny, Luke. <laughs> right, exactly. Because, you know, the other, the other pop culture reference with unlearning or, or forgetting is in Harry Potter, which I've been listening to the Harry Potter books again uh, and so right, I'm on Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm uh, I just started Half Blood Prince. So yeah. But no, remember, you know, Dumbledore uh, has the um, to pensive. Pensive. That's it. Right. Yeah. He pulls his memories out like silver strands with his wand, and then puts them into the pensive. But then he can store his memories, and that actually is to take away the knowledge and put it on a shelf. And he doesn't have it in his brain then. I, I think that's what a lot of us think unlearning is. But we are here today saying anything like that is impossible. We don't have a pensive. We don't have a magic wand. Uh, but we can uh, we can kind of weaken the recall on the, the facts and figures uh, that might not be so useful anymore by by practicing others and and bringing and making those connections stronger and not thinking about those things so much and then changing our actual behaviors everything that comes into changing habits and getting new habits uh up and running and like you said the courage to do that i know for me with when i need to do something i don't want to do it's usually key just to get past the first five minutes sometimes just the Mm -hmm. past two minutes or the Mm -hmm. first two minutes um I'm thinking about the I'm thinking about the nine and a half miles I have to run tomorrow and my half marathon training plan that I really don't want to do. But I know, you know, once once I get the first half mile done, I'll be in the groove and then I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I didn't want to do my 10 mile bike ride this morning, but I knew you if didn't. I got on the bike. Yep. And open the garage door, I would be fine. Well, and you've got an electric bike, so that's cheating. I do. Yeah. <laughs> 
So let me, let me, uh, well, and, and, but it's a pedal assist, which means if you don't pedal, you don't get any assist. So it's not okay. like a free ride. It's not like a moped, Claire. It's not like a moped. Um, I, let, let me just throw out these four ideas. Cause I think this is kind of a summary of what I've heard. The first thing is to unlearn, to unlearn, which we know you can't do. <laughs> you, you, you have to recognize that the old way of thinking is no longer useful or relevant. And that has to do with what Jake was talking about, having an open mind, challenging your assumptions. The second thing is you have to kind of gain some clarity around what the new way is. So you have to have a new direction that you're going. Um, and then third is you need to understand the benefits of the new knowledge or the, the behavior. Because if you don't see the benefits, then you're not going to have the motivation, right? And then the last thing I think we talked about was to have the courage to develop that new knowledge or skill or behavior. And that comes through ongoing practice and, and repetition. So did I get that? Is that a good summary, Claire? Yeah, yeah. And I think there needs to be something else in there about sustainability. So how do you mm -hmm. keep it going? How do you stop your mother's voice or your old boss's voice or wherever this interject has come from, uh, from a previous life? How, how do you um, stop that from reappearing when you are in a, I don't know, when you're tired or lonely or hungry or uh, you know, any of these things that can lower our motivation levels. Claire, how is that different than ongoing practice? How is sustainability different than ongoing practice? Or is it kind of a well, parallel idea? Yeah, I think it's a, because actually it's the motivation to have the ongoing practice. So you might have the motivation in the first place to start training for a marathon, for example, or a half marathon. But do you have sustained motivation for that? And I think that's the, the same that we're talking about for any kind of learning or progress or change. The, the practice piece, which is building the muscle, you need to still be motivated yeah. for it after three months, after six months. Are you still see, are you seeing the return on your investment of, of doing something that perhaps feels harder? than doing it the old way, for example. I think for, I know for me, I'm sure there's research about this, but I know for me, the most dangerous time in trying to change a behavior or habit is once you've been doing it for a while and you feel like you've got it mastered and then something comes that triggers you going back to the old way, getting it started again and sustaining it again after that seems harder than the first time. It's kind of the story of dieting, right? Exactly. I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm not going to eat chips. And you do well for a week or a month or six yeah. months. And then all of a sudden, hey, look, and then you think, chips. Okay, I've got this. Yeah, yeah. Well, then for, <laughs> then you're like, okay, I've got this licked, right? Like I have no desire for this. I, I have arrived. It's that I have arrived moment that I think yeah. is the most dangerous. Yeah. Because uh, then you're really susceptible. Yeah. I've also noticed that that occurring in times of massive change or crisis or whatever you want to call it, of you going back to what you have done for so long. So I'll, I'll take it back to at the start of the pandemic. Everybody, of course, was disrupted and have to do this massive change to how they've, you know, how what they were currently doing. And let's say learning will take our field. And then we just had to get stuff done. And then when we, that getting stuff done meant Let's just do it the way we've always done it. And even even at before that, we would probably be making progress into doing something different, changing the way we work, changing the way that uh, we think about learning and design. 
But what happened, I noticed is that we kind of went back to a lot of those same familiar things that we're used to because it's very robotic. <laughs> we just, we mm-hmm. went back to those old habits. So I've noticed that as well as anytime a big change happens or a big milestone, we tend to go back to what we know. And sometimes I think what that happens is that there's this fear of we have to deliver the results or deliver the thing. And then we know how to do that. We've done that for so long. But again, we lose sight of what we've been learning differently. Mm. Yeah. And and I think it is not only just the, the, the habits that we were in, but if I come back to those introjects that we heard from from role other roles in our lives that have said some of this stuff either um, explicitly or implicitly we we we've got those kind of little earworms yeah well like back to the song again but (laughs) you've got the earworm of your boss telling you to jump as high as he tells you to jump kind of thing and it's not that he's ever told you that explicitly but you've kind of got that impression from previous bosses that that's what you needed to do bob you were never like that by the way <laughs> thank you <laughs> i was gonna make a joke to that effect but i'm glad you got there first. i got there first <laughs> but you know these little earworms they they just come out when we are tired or yeah thirsty or hungry or challenged challenged yeah, yeah or feeling emotional about something feeling tender we go right back to listening to those old voices about this is how you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you combat that? Well, I, I use I use post-it notes. I've got post-it notes all over my computer. <laughs> yeah, like little mantras, for example, about yeah, how exactly. you want to do the opposite. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like the, the successories, you know, the old successories things, which now everybody mocks relentlessly. But those posts, you know, the cat saying hang in there. Um, or, or some of those posters with the the motivational sayings and all that kind of stuff. There's, I mean, th- there's a reason why those people made millions of dollars before it fell out of vogue. Is is those reminders to help you reset uh, your brain are useful? Yeah, and of course the trouble is, after a while, those become invisible. Yeah, and so we start ignoring them again. So then we need something else to replace those with to remind us to do whatever that is. Um, Do you remember the opposite, like there were those successory posters, right? Yeah. Um, Do you remember the opposite, the ones where they came up with the opposite (laughs) sayings? The snarky ones. Yeah, Yeah. it shows a person in a boat paddling and really nice scenery and it says, don't worry, it'll sink soon. (laughs) (laughs) Those types of things. So yeah, when the old ones, the old inspirational ones went away, those kind of emerged for a, a small season. They were very funny. (laughs) well it's like right here i've got this post-it note that i wrote for myself choose to be unconfused which is a quote from paul doherty our our chief technology officer at accenture which uh he said going into the pandemic and i love that i put it up there and then i found this summer when my son jackson who interned with us this summer who got to know paul and everything that he uh, works on he put a quote up here that says and that's how quantum computing works. Uh, any questions? Nope, because I choose to be unconfused. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's undermining this idea, Jackson, but it's so funny. I kept it up there. Uh, that's great. 
That's great. Well, hey, I think we are, are running pretty close to the end of our time looking at the clock on the studio wall. So, uh, Claire, thank you for being with us. Where can our listeners find you on the socials? Uh, they can come and connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from anybody over there. Uh, they can find me and my website, clairenormancoachingassociates.com. Uh, if they want to know anything about ICF credentialing or changing their behavior in order to become a better coach, then I'm the woman to come and talk to. Yes. <laughs> and uh, no I in Claire. Correct. That will help you. That will help you find her. Because the Claire, Claire C-L-A-I-R-E, Norman, I, I don't know if you want to talk to that. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never like searched for that. I'm sure that Claire is there. I, I've never searched for her, but and now I'm probably going to get a nasty letter from her. I'm sure she's lovely. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is good. And hopefully we'll, we won't forget and unlearn everything that we learned today. Well, at least we know we can't. <laughs> All right. So on behalf of Jake and Dana and Claire, this is Bob saying thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on our next Learning Geeks podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.